This is Wyman and Bob on Seattle Sports, powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Streaming live on the Seattle Sports app and at seattlesports.com. Now, here are your hosts, Dave Wyman and Bob Stelton. Welcome back to Wyman and Bob. It's Dave Wyman and Ryan Roland Smith and Mike Lefko and Bob taking the day off. Hi, Mike. How you doing? Hello, guys. Yeah, we're hurt. We're gonna uh, Ryan Roland Smith. He's gonna five o'clock. Five o'clock. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna. I got priors. Physically (laughs) throw him out of here. Plane fraud. I got stuff to do. Plane fraud. I saw (laughs) that too. You're getting arrested. Plane fraud at five o'clock. That kind of put some thoughts in my head. Actually, is there? You think there's a statute of limitations? On that, I have it probably. No, I, look, it, it was a long time ago. Those tricks, you can't yep. do that. I don't think you can do that anymore. I think they just book you. We're flight. talking about you getting reimbursed <laughs> for a first. Co- <laughs> well, now it was business class. Business class, and you are Same willing thing when you come from Australia. You know what, though, if you're the organization, you're going number one. I'd rather the money go to you yeah. than the airlines. And number two, kudos to him for sucking it up and sitting in coach. Yeah, I mean, it was, and I will say this: so you guys mentioned mentioned earlier, I am doing the World Baseball Classic. I head off to Taiwan. I am flying business class. Okay. But I did, during the qualifiers last year, I got a chance to do the qualifiers as well. I did ask, and I kept my mouth shut because I don't want to, you know, ruffle feathers, especially after copping some grief from you guys as well. <laughs> they said, oh, hey, look, you're flying out, and we will fly you business class out to Germany. Okay. And then I was like, well, my wife wants to come to, to Germany. So I said, hey, any chance I can cash in the business class for two tickets? Yeah. We don't do that here. Oh, uh. whoops. <laughs> <laughs> All good. I'll book my own ticket. Yeah, because you got a hotel room. She could stay there yeah, with you. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> I tried. You know what? When we went to Germany, um, we, I had. Well, it was one of those planes that I think there was either four or five in the middle right. and two on the edge, and I got the bulkhead on the side, so I had two seats. Yeah, it was great. It was I, like first class. The one thing about the bulkhead because sometimes I try and say, hey, "I'm six foot six. I'm not," but I just try yeah. and say that you know because you the can't thing. stretch your legs out. <laughs> yeah, I, the thing I don't like about it, that's where everyone hangs out to go to the bathroom. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you get that 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 one is like, oh come on. And then the other thing, the bulkhead, and again, I've got two kids, but that's where they, they, they cram all the kids with the, ba- the the parents with the babies right there. So it's like, uh, you better have some good headphones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, welcome back to Wyman and Bob. <laughs> We're talking about, Bob finds it very hilarious that, that you brag about you being, it's not cheapness <laughs> now, it's frugality. There it's just go. frugal. That's yep. That's all. That's right. Yeah. But, um, hey, uh, before we get into, and we open the show with this, but I- I'm just curious, and you can text in to 866-979-3776, the Mac and Jack text line, just how people, their impressions about how the baseball games went over the weekend, and namely the pitch clock, which, you know, there's there's lots of things. The shift going away, um, the the bases are bigger. But the pitch clock is what has really been talked about. Yeah. And over the weekend, you had a game that was two hours, 29 minutes, two hours, 16 minutes, two hours, 25 minutes. So we'll, we'll get into that. But real quick, you were talking about, so Juan Soto, there's a party with a bunch of baseball mm-hmm. players. Um, who, who's the, the pitcher? Blake, Blake Snow. Blake Snow. Yeah, here yeah. in Seattle. Yeah. And so he, he told the story that when Juan Soto comes to the party, he's introducing himself to everybody. He's helping clean up. He's picking up plates, awesome. putting stuff in the, and. How much that means, because like you said, Juan Soto, obviously his numbers on the field, but when you have that as well, 
And I, I was going to you know, mention the fact that John Schneider, who is the GM for the Seahawks, we're having him on uh, every every Thursday at 4 o'clock up until the draft. So I think it's awesome. like eight more appearances um, where you know he's going to call us from the Combine uh, in Indianapolis this week. But he, he mentioned this real briefly about how they go and talk to the trainers. And that's where you spend, well, unfortunately for me, I spent a lot of time in the training room. But they go and ask the trainers and then mostly the equipment guys. And the equipment guy who's the, the head guy down for the Seahawks is a guy named Eric Kennedy. So Eric Kennedy was a teenager when I was, he was like a ball boy. Uh, when I was playing in the league and we used to have Eric come in and he'd play, you know, video games and hang out, you know, he was just a, he's a great kid. Well, now he runs the whole show and he's got an office that's about the size of this, uh, this studio. And that's where the guys kind of come through and have meetings and talk and they sort of, you know, uh, I don't want to say that there's laws or anything like that, but, you know, sort of the, how the locker room is run and how, what the culture yeah. is, it kind of, goes through that room because of Eric Kennedy. And he just, you know, if he comes and tells me that guy's a good dude, I'm like, I know exactly what, what he's all about. But that that really is, that's a huge part of it. And so for the for the Seahawks, they're getting ready to, you know, draft these guys. And you never know what, what you're going to get. You know, so that's why they do the interviews and everything. That's a huge part of it, man. Huge. I mean, if you're as talented as, as let's just say a guy like Tatis or, you know, who's had some problems. Um, you know, I don't know. I, you look around the league there. Are, uh, who's who's the the uh, Tyreek Hill? You know, the guy that plays for uh, the Dolphins that used to be in Kansas City. I mean, tremendous talent. But especially when you're on a, a team where you've got to work together, those those things are very important to know that, like, Juan Soto, I mean, you know yeah. you can trust him to, number one, pay him that much money because he's not going to go too far haywire. But then also just that he's going to be a good teammate. Yeah, and I think, too, you know, how, do these, how do these players, these people you've got to be around every single day, how do they treat people that maybe, you know, quote-unquote, don't really matter in the grand scheme of things in their minds, right? So, like... Especially when the cameras are off, when the when the when the the microphones all you know off and everything else, but especially for the equipment manager, we we have that all the time. They've got not only do you have like the head, we call it the clubhouse manager, the clubby. You have yeah. you know the five guys underneath them, and look when they're kind of just hanging out, they see a lot of things. When when just every day to day, how it goes when they have young players who come in, they may not respect them like they do respect coach or another player so how do they talk how do they interact with someone who they don't put much you know of an emphasis on what their opinion is that tells right, you everything right. you need to know they can't do anything for the player exactly yeah, yeah right and, and you made a great point too and and i've always been maybe it's like you know something i've always thought about but you don't know where people are going to end up you mentioned the the you know the, the one the kid who's you're playing video games with who now all of a sudden he's he's you know, running, running everything. It's you don't know where these people are going to end up either, or you don't know what kind of relationship they have with an assistant GM who you know, or a, whoever it may be that makes big decisions on you as a player. I will say this: if you are going to be a bad teammate or someone who doesn't put an emphasis on how you treat people, you better dominate on the field. Yeah, <laughs> you better absolutely rake. Because the minute you don't, no one's got your back. You know, that's that's interesting when this Russell Wilson stuff came up. 
Um, and that was something that was said on the NFL Network that they were talking about, um, like Patrick Mahomes. I mean, and, and Tom Brady. Like, everything I hear uh, from Tom Brady is that he's a good dude. And, and I think Aaron Rodgers probably is, too. I think he's seen as mostly that way. But like you said, you know, he said the exact same thing, which I think is true in the NFL. You better, better, you better be really, really good yes. or a good dude. Yeah. And, you know, in those case, some of those cases, what I understand with Brady, it's both. But, yeah, that, that's, that's a huge part of it. So uh, over the weekend, you know, and I, we spent a lot of time talking about the shift. Now, like you said, that'll play out over, what, the first month or two that you'll start to see averages kind of creep mm-hmm. up a little bit. And then, you know, the bigger bases I thought was interesting. And more than anything, and the thing I wanted to ask you, because I saw an interview with Taiwan Walker, and I think he led the league in pickoffs at first base last year. I think he had five. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was intervie- being interviewed, and he said, you know, I'm not a big fan of you only get to throw over there twice. And, you know, after that, then what is it, like a balk? Does the player get... Yeah, so basically you get two attempts, and then on the third, you can pick over there on the third time. If, you, if you're if you unsuccessful, he gets back to the bag. It's a balk. And this is something I learned too. I thought, let, let's say for, there's a scenario where you've got a runner on first and runner on third. And that's going to be interesting to see. And again, like just on all these rule changes, let's not forget, this is... There's never been a more significant change to the game than what we're going to see in 2023. Not even close. And you've got three of them all at once. But the yeah. pickoff rule, and to Taiwan Walker's point, it's part of his game. So essentially, you pick over there twice, you don't get him. That third time, you're going to start to see the runner get a huge lead. Right. You know, and then all of a sudden, he's testing you because if you do have multiple runners on, for example, first and third, mm. it's a ball call. Therefore, the runner at third scores yeah. if you don't get him. So it's, so everybody on base advances one. Yeah, and so the third one over there, you got to pick him off, or you have else to get him out. Yeah, or he gets yeah. awarded the base. So like, and and more so enough because you mentioned the five pickoffs, but not just for that for Taiwan Walker. The, his ability to hold runners, he's quick to the plate. He changes his looks. Keeping a runner at first base compared to second is is everything. It really is. The percentage of that runner scoring goes through the absolute roof the right. minute they get to second base. So if that's a big part of your game how you control that runner at first base. Some guys are terrible at it, and it costs them big time. And so when that is something that is a big part of your game, man, it's, it, it'll be significant. But, uh, you know, like I said, the, the game is not going to look anything like we've seen the last couple of years. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah, hey, before we get too far away from this, because I was going to ask you about um, the throws from the catcher down to first, what do they call it, back pick or yeah. whatever, um, that that might be more prevalent. But before we get into that, we were talking about Juan Soto and being good dude and all that. We did the media day over there. Cal Raleigh and Mike Mike Lefko was there, and it was me, Bob, Brent, um, you know, uh, I think uh, Justin from the morning show. We're all sitting at this table having lunch, to, you know, for the media thing that they have. And Cal happened to be there. They interviewed him. So Cal comes over and sits down with us. And just a regular dude starts talking to us about, you know, and he actually is asking questions. Mostly we're peppering him. Poor guy couldn't eat. But, you know, but, yeah, he sits down with us. And I'm like, there was all these tables. And he comes and sits next to the the jackass radio people, you know, like how, well, maybe I'm the only jackass that's sitting there. But, like, that was really cool. Awesome. Like, yeah, that, I mean, that really means something. Yeah, it does. And and it's it's just a little thing like that, which... It just goes a yeah. long way. And I think, too, more so when you are scuffling, or you're not, because they, you all go through it, 
whether it's inside the clubhouse or outside dealing with you with with you guys with a radio show or whatever it may be, you might just think, oh, it's not that big of a deal. It's massive yeah. because the way people perceive you right. and will have you back and have that glass half full at any, anytime you're struggling, it's it's massive. Yeah, it's a good point about about that. But you know, as far as the 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 catcher throwing out somebody at first base, I mean, is Cal that kind of guy, or you know, he's got a pretty good arm. I think when I watch him run, I'm not trying to say he's like fast. But I think he's faster than he looks, or you would think he would be the big dumper. But he's still uh, young, I guess. You know, yeah. like he's still when these guys. They always say when you get three to five years into your major league career, where you're playing all these games, you're playing every single day. It's different to the minor leagues. That's when you start to see the foot speed slow down. That's where you start to see him turn into, you know, the cinder blocks on their feet behind the <laughs> behind the dish because there's just so much wear and tear. And every time they get in that squat. Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, over the weekend, I just, I don't know, man, I think it was just going a little bit too fast. And to to get back to what we were talking about earlier, uh, somebody just texted in ran, randomly, and you can text in on the Mac and Jack's text line, 866-979-3776, what you thought about the weekend of baseball, what you saw. So, you know, we, we said it earlier that, you know, the some of the times were 229, two, two and a half hours, Two two hours and sixteen minutes, uh, two hours and twenty five minutes. So, and somebody texted in on Friday that used the word "robbed," and I, I can't remember the the number that he came up with, whether it was minutes or whatever. But I broke it down so thirty minutes, you know, two and a half hours to three hours. It was basically three and a third days. Or yeah. my wife said eighty one hours sounded more. Okay, we're getting ripped off. Of 81 hours of baseball that we've carved out of our day to work, which, you know, that's something in, in our business. Like, you tell your wife, I'm going upstairs to work. Like, oh, what are you going to do up there? I'm going to sit down on my butt and watch the baseball game. So, right. you know, maybe maybe have a pop or two. That's not really working. <laughs> but, you know, now all of a sudden, and I'm being extreme here because it's not like the second that the game ends. Now I'm off, you know, mowing the lawn or whatever. But still... I don't know. I, I just, to me, I feel like it, that it's supposed to be a leisurely activity. I, I like the fact that it doesn't end because of time. That there's no, there's no time. Now, it is obnoxious, some of the stuff that goes on where it's like, oh, every time I'm going to adjust my wristband and, you know, this and that. But I don't know. I, I could see based on, and if it's, if I feel this way next week and the week after that, then I, I would, I would maybe think, is it? Is there a possibility that MLB backs off of these numbers? That maybe they yeah. they have a clock, but they they put an extra five on there. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, first of all, a couple of things on that. It, it's it's pretty amazing. We've talked about how big of a change the game's going to be with just these these three big rule changes because this is every single pitch. This is not like you know having instant replay where it happens a couple times a game. No, this is every single pitch. The game is going to be different. I was a little bit shocked when the, when MLB just went, nope, we're just going to go straight for the 20-second with runners on 15. It's like, wow, there's no, like, 25-second to maybe cut it down if that yeah. works. Uh, I think, too, Major League Baseball's whole idea of this is, like, three hours is essentially that sweet spot, I call it, where you want to cram in as much action as you can for all these young what, – what's the gener- what's left goes generation? I don't even know how – what do you guys call the Gen Zers or I'm something? Gen Z. All you youngsters. <laughs> I don't even know what it is. Or you kids with your TikTok – 
videos and everything else. You want to try and keep them engaged? I'm an old grumpy man like you guys. Mike Lefko with his TikTok yeah. account. He's been hanging out with us, and now all of a sudden, especially when it's what's bugging Bob, then it goes what's bugging Dave, now it's what's bugging Lefko. But, yeah. Uh, but, but, no, what is your generation? I'm a millennial, I think. You're a millennial? Still, you I'm like your generation. I think I'm a boomer. I didn't point at Dave for those on the radio. I pointed at Ryan. Yeah. yeah. I believe I'm, a, I'm <laughs> one of the early millennials. Anyway, yeah. but... Okay, so the, that, that's the whole idea. But when you're looking at this weekend, now I get it. I understand. Spring training is different to the season. Right. I think the season is going to be a little bit more, a um, little longer games because they're going to use some of that pitch clock. But it's fast. It is quick, man. Like we, I was watching the game, and I know we talked to Brock Hewitt. He said when you're in person watching the game in person, you don't really see the clock. Yeah, that so was it, interesting. It was a snappy pace of the game. But just watching, I was like, whoa, you do lose some of those little nuances. And you do lose some of the drama, some of the buildup. In some of these big situations, I'm sure, once we get to the playoffs. And, again, we've seen the video all over the shop about the Red Sox and – who was it? The Braves and the Red Sox game ending. Right. <laughs> yeah. That right there would be extremely a you know big dist- – uh, uh, everyone seems to be on board with this. But yeah. when if you start getting one of these – let's say you get three of these a month – is Major League Baseball going, oh, man, there's just too many of yeah, these happening. Right. These big situations. By the way, let's hear cut number one. That's, uh, as you mentioned, the Braves-Red Sox game. Could have run them up easily. Uh-oh. And now what? He's out. They have called strike three. Wow! <laughs> it's spring training, guys. No, calm down a little bit. No, but, I mean, that was... Can you imagine if that was that sounded like a playoff game the way he's calling that that game there? But that's brutal. If it, if it and so I don't know. I who was up to bat? Do we know? It, um, but it, whoever the batter was, the bases were loaded. Yes, they some were minor league guy. They were down. Thank you, minor league guy. Spring training. He's a spring training baseball player. Holy prospect from A ball. Yeah, coming <laughs> yeah. to fill in with no no nameplate on the back of his jersey. That's right. Or it, it's Velcro, so they can easily remove it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, they uh, <laughs> they they call him out there, and you know, t- to me, that's just uh, that's that's ridiculous that a game would end like that. And, and you know, obviously, Major League Baseball doesn't want anything close to that, right? Just like the NFL, they don't they didn't want. I don't know if you saw the end of the Super Bowl. Right. They don't want that to happen. But you got to call it, and if you're going to do it, you're going to do it. So, well, that's why I was going to ask you, Dave. I mean, you come from a sport where the clock is so prevalent as yeah. a player, fan, everything. NBA, same thing. Right, NHL essentially the same thing. The clock, the minutes, the seconds you watch, and it's always there. The graphics always there. Is this something that if you're a sports fan, you're like, well, I'm used to the clock in other sports. Or are you like, no, 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 I am so against baseball having a clock. I just think that it's if it's one of these things, just like good umpires, they kind of just sort of dissolve into the background. You don't quite notice them, but if you're noticing every pitch, I think that's going to be a little frustrating from a viewer standpoint. I do like the the, the crisp, crispness, but when you're talking two and a half hours, it's kind of – do they sit back and you know, think to themselves, man, all right, we're a little snappy here. I don't know. Yeah. We weren't anticipating this because we wanted that sweet spot of three hours or close, just under three hours with jam-packed full of action. Right. I yeah, I feel like they're trying what, – what they really want is to eliminate anything over three Right, that they're sort of making it so there's no way that happens. They're, yeah, they're, they're trying to just cram in as much because there's nothing worse than a one nothing game, three plus hours. Yeah, nothing, nothing going on.
Well, and I think it's interesting that uh, that Brock said, uh, you know, when you're there, it's not as prevalent, it's not as noticeable. Somebody, uh, I think it was the 509, said, you know, what about the revenue? Like, there, if it's less, if it's a shorter game, there's less advertising dollars coming in from. So they've got to. That's got to balance out. And let's not let's not be naive here. This is about money. Right. I mean, they're trying to get more fans. They're trying to capture fans, mainly younger fans. But if that ends up costing them a lot of money and it doesn't help. It's the same if in-game advertising, whether it's the, you know, the graphic behind the the catcher or. But the breaks in between innings is going to be the same amount of time. Therefore, the same amount of commercial breaks and everything else. Roughly. Maybe less concession revenue. Yeah. Concession revenue. yeah. Yeah. Right. You know yeah, what I'm talking the, about. That uh, cutoff comes earlier. It does come earlier, yes. Yeah. That is for sure. All right. Uh, coming up next, we're going to talk about Jared Kelnick. He had his first sort of eye-opening performance and certainly eye-opening for Brock Heward, who was, what was he, ogling him? Well, he said the word wrong, which is also glorious. What but, did he say, oogling? Yeah, he said oogling. <laughs> <laughs> he probably thought he was, I thought he said he was Googling him. He's ogling him. But is there anything we can learn from it? That's next. Uh, this is Seattle Sports on 710 and the Seattle Sports app. It's Wyman and Bob with Ryan Roland Smith. Wyman and Bob. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Welcome back to Wyman and Bob. Get Ryan Roland Smith in today. The next half an hour, then Mike Lefko will fill in. Bob taking a little vacation, much needed. What can we learn about uh, Kelnick? And, you know, we talked about, if anything, you know, things that you see. And that's, we talked to Brock Heward about that as well. You know, are there some things that you can see? One thing that really stood out to Brock, of course, was his body. Uh, Brock likes to talk about that kind of stuff. I heard there was something about him and Chris Flexen. And then I thought that maybe they were like squaring off because Chris Flexen's eyes are really close together and Brock's are really like on the side of his head like a bird. And maybe they were looking at each other like, man, your eyes are all screwed up. I thought maybe that was the conversation that was going on there. You could ask him. <laughs> No. I'll text him. Right. Yeah. yeah, but uh, no. Uh, Please, yeah, we're he, all in suspense now. He, he talked about Kelnick and how he does look. I mean, you look in that, that video where you said, Mike, that he's looking kind of like he's, what did he say? He was oogling him <laughs> instead oogling. of oogling He him. said oogling. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you look at uh, Kelnick. He does. He looks kind of like a, like a fullback or a running back. I mean, he looks, he's in great shape and, you know, looks ready to go. I just. I just don't in any way think that's the problem at all. Yeah. I mean, he's plenty fast. He's a, I mean, how would you rate him? I, I think, I know Bob thinks that he's a really good outfielder. I feel like I've never really seen him make many mistakes. I yeah. Mean, I mean, you know, really good athlete, work ethic, don't even have to worry about it. I mean, it's something that comes into camp. Yeah. If he was 20 pounds heavier, you wouldn't be surprised. But what happens from the neck up? You know, we talked about it earlier yeah. with Jared Kelnick and, there's so much, and you put it so well too, Dave, and, and you get it. Again, easier said than done. I'm done playing, so I can talk about this stuff and act <laughs> same, like... Same, same here. <laughs> but I'm, I'm guilty of all oh, this stuff. Oh, it's easy. Oh, yeah, but just, you know, less stuff going on in between in between the years, and as simple as this sounds, but he's got to enjoy just the day-to-day, not the cliche, oh, I'm enjoying the process, or I'm winning every pitch. You hear all this stuff, yeah. and it's, it's all good stuff, and it's the right thing to say and everything else. But just as when you're a major league baseball player, it doesn't last very long, right? The guys yeah. who play 20 years, they're rare. For me, it, 
yeah, there was times I took my career for granted. I never should have because, man, you, you obviously you miss it. Yeah. You know, I think going to the the ballpark, hanging out with a group of guys, enjoying that process more so than worrying about who you are and what you're going to be and what what everyone how everyone perceives you and everything else. There's just so much of that going on, even now in spring training. Now he's having some success, which is good. But man, if we could just get a, a version of him where you know all bets are off. There's, it's not this, you know, this this sort of idea of this uber prospect coming up and going to set the world on fire and everything. We had that anticipation. Mm-hmm. Just go, just enjoy, just go and enjoy yourself. Enjoy being an everyday player in the major leagues. Yeah, I think. I'll bring something up that maybe maybe this isn't fair or whatever, but you know, you said be joyful and just just have fun with it and everything. The Gatorade bath thing was, and I, I don't want to I don't want to kill him for this because his reaction. I'm not saying it was the wrong reaction. I'm just saying his reaction was not joyful. You know, right. like like so. Ty France was it that dumped it on him, and because he had had a good game, he's uh, I think he did he uh, I think he had. It wasn't a walk off. Obviously, they were in Oakland, but you know he had he had one of the go ahead home runs or something like that. Had a really good game, and then his reaction to after that, like yeah, it's annoying. You get wet, all that stuff, but like there's no joy there. Yeah, like his his response was he was kind of mad at first and then sort of annoyed. But you know, I think that that kind of showed you know when that something like that happens, you can't plan how you're going to react. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you an example like like. You, I, you, I tell you, my you wife, can't fake it, right? Yeah, is what you you're can't, trying to say. Exactly. You, you can't preemptively say, oh, hey, this is how I'm going to react. Right. I, I always tell, like, my wife knows this and my kids know this, don't ever startle me. And the reason why is I might punch you. <laughs> <laughs> like, when somebody comes comes up and, like, one time my wife came around the corner and, like, said something really loud and I kind of, like, reached out and, like, grabbed her. Right. And she's like, what, what are you doing? And I'm like, I can't, I can't control that. I can't control that response because I've never, you know, hit anybody or anything. You ever see the one? There's a video one time where uh, it's like Halloween. A guy walks up on a porch and there's somebody sitting there that looks like a like a fake scarecrow and yeah, it yeah. jumps up and the guy just punches Whack. it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. So I mean, my point is that uh, that you you can't control those kinds of things. And so why is his reaction that? Why isn't it like to laugh and have fun with it? It makes you think that I'm not being critical of the oh he was a baby or anything like that it's just that where's the joy man yeah and and, and to, look it's not something that and I know, I know exactly what you're talking about you're not in a situation where you're going to judge someone but oh no i'm just going to lean on this and that's the kind of person he is yeah. if you go back to the end of last year and this is what was interesting and again i'm going to sound like an old man and we're going to throw you under the bus here as well <laughs> could you imagine getting so upset with the team that you delete all your instagram content <laughs> Like a better term. Mike's looking at me like, wow, did you just use that term, content? Yeah. Anything Mariners. So Jared Kelnick, he, he, there was an opportunity there to bring up another outfielder, and he wasn't happy about it. And so his way of saying, hey, you know, screw you guys, I deserve this opportunity, was by taking all his stuff off his Instagram account, right? Which that's just whatever. That That is what it is. That's the way they do it now. <laughs> right. but then You do come- sound like an old man. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> but then he comes up, and, and it's this situation where he – wants to sort of project this feeling of, you know what, like I'm all business, I'm serious, I'm going to prove everyone wrong or, or me against the world or whatever it is. Sure. And that's that kind of that, – that's that the way, the lens you, you're viewing everything you do through is that. 
I think that when Ty France, and it was Ty France with the, with the Gatorade bath in Oakland, that was like an endearing moment. It was like, hey, man, welcome. Like, great job. I know you've been through a lot. And he yeah. has. He's been through a ton. A lot of failure. A lot of, lot of, lot of big expectations and, and just crickets from, from Jared Kilnick. And then he reacted that way. I think he learned a lot from that too. We kind of glossed over it from a media standpoint about what that reaction was. And it was kind of like, oh, you know, he just, there was other things involved or he wasn't, whatever the explanation was. It was really strange. You he and was, I talked about He was about, cold. Yeah, <laughs> whatever it was. Somebody said he was cold. Right. We, like, kind, uh, we kind of glossed no. over it. But at the same time, I think looking back, if you asked him, I hope this is the case. And this is what I'm talking about. Just, I'm not, lack of a better term, but chilling out a little bit and just enjoying being a major league baseball player. Yeah. I think if you were to ask him in a setting where he, you know, not that I'm a someone he'd probably open up to, but if it was his buddy, he's probably like, yeah, I reacted really badly to that. And I've learned a lot from that. And now I'm not going to react like that anymore because now I'm just enjoying the moment. I'm enjoying being where I'm at. Yeah. And you go over for 30, you know what? You're all good. Just go do your thing. Enjoy where you're at right now. If we can get that version of Jared Kelnick and not this have to say the right thing or I have to – process every pit. It's too much. It's just too much. I don't care who you are, man. It's too much. You're too good of an athlete. And we heard Brock Hewitt talk about this. You are too good of a raw athlete and you are too talented to start worrying about all this stuff. Just go out and play. Go out and have some fun. Yeah. You know, it's funny also, we always talk about the difference between baseball and, and football. Like when I got angry, it was a good thing. Like when I got really pissed off on the field, I could go harder, hit harder, yeah. you know, do whatever. Um, and that doesn't work in baseball no. at all, right? And, and same it, with- it does for a little bit, and then it, it, you can't sustain it. It's tough to sustain because I was the same way. Yeah. And I prove everyone wrong. It's hard to sustain. Same thing is. like with golf. Like I'll just grab the, the you know, the, the club a little bit harder and try to swing harder. That doesn't work. That yeah. doesn't work. But, you know, and, and I'm not, again, not being entirely critical. I just think it's a it's a int- – I want to say interesting. It's it's different. His reaction was different. Like after a really good game, you say kind of saved the game. They dumped the pitcher. I mean, why are I, I'm not being like, oh, that's the wrong reaction. But like deep down inside, where where's the joy, man? Yeah, you know, you you should be having more fun with it because. 45 years from now, you're not going to be able to run. Right. You're going to probably be sitting here talking on the radio and with bad knees and you're overweight and <laughs> yeah. all that good stuff. So, wait, not that I know that person. Not that that person exists anywhere here. But I think he was referring to me being overweight, by the way. <laughs> uh, there's no chance of that. Trust me. Trust me. No, but, uh, yeah, so, that, I mean, I guess that's what I would I would wish for him. I think, you know, he doesn't he doesn't need to do anything more as far as baseball goes. I just so. think, too, and and – when Julio Rodriguez signed that deal last year, how did Jared Kelnick feel about that? Let's yeah. let's get real. And again, I'm not speaking for him, but if that was me, I'd be in the fetal position like this. Like, oh my god, man, that was supposed to be me, right? Mm. When you when you really sort of look at look back and sort of have your the trajectory of your career, and you're supposed to be this kid who's blowing it up and where you know home run derby and doing all this stuff, like that that was supposed to be Jared Kelnick. Yeah. Julio comes in. Yeah, you know, does it and does it very well. And you're sitting there going, man, not that you, you, you don't love the fact he's getting that. Yeah. But you could be like, man, I missed the boat. Did I miss the boat? You yeah. Know, that was where he's at last year. Hopefully it's a little bit different this year. Well, hopefully, like we talked about earlier, he'll 
He'll flush. He'll flush all that. There you go. All right, coming up next, we're going to sweep the dial, including Matt Brash. He weighs in on the pitch clock and the effect it has had on him. We'll hear about it when we sweep the dial. This is Seattle Sports on 710 and seattlesports.com. Scanning the airwaves for the most interesting and entertaining stories of the day. Sweeping the dial. Every afternoon at 445 with Wyman and Bob. Brock and Salk are uh, live at spring training all this week. And this morning they had uh, Matt Brash join them. Talked about a lot of things. And we have talked about the pitch clock. Maybe it's too fast. Maybe it's not. How pitchers have adjusted. But here's an actual pitcher talking about how it impacted him so far. Pitch clock very interesting. For me, I tend to work faster anyways, but there is moments where I do like to catch my breath because sometimes maybe I, I lose it a little bit. I need to go to the rosin bag and take my breath and reset. The pitch clock does speed you up a little bit, so it's going to take us some adjustments. How about a young Ryan Roland Smith? What would he think about the pitch clock? Well, first of all, if there's one guy on this Mariners team who's a mainstay who needs to take a breath here and there, it's Matt Brash, for sure, where you just the game speeds up, your heart rate gets up. That was me too. Sometimes I used to work quick, but, man, I go 2-0, I don't have the stuff he had. I have to step back and just take my, take a breath, et cetera. So, like, it's going to be a different a different field pitching. It really is. And we've only seen spring training. During the season, when you actually have to start figuring out analytically how you're going to attack a hitter and where the, the, you know, the, the, the spots you want to attack and what pitch, and you're going to shake off the catcher, or you have some sort of conviction in one, that's when you're going to see it start to turn into a bit of a guys getting rushed like Matt Brash is talking about for sure. Yeah, you know what? One of my favorite moments from last year was when Cal Raleigh came out and chewed out Matt Brash. I, I love that so much. Bob's like, you always bring that up. You love that. I love that because it's awesome. Cal was is never really shows emotion. And then, you know, you could see Brash kind of, it was almost like uh, I could hear, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> I, I'll be quiet now. Yep. Sweeping the dial. I think we're going to get uh, Ryan's thoughts here on the Russell Wilson story that you guys spoke so well about on Friday, Dave. And, you know, everyone was talking about it, including Rich Eisen, who really got caught up. And it sounds like from you guys, too, that for players, this is a big thing. That The fact that Wilson had an office on the second floor, and Rich Eisen really just couldn't believe that either. The fact that they put it spatially on the second floor of this building. So players would have to go up there. And it's a, they quoted a, a, a member of the Broncos, unnamed member of the Broncos, that any player that normally would go up to that floor would be afraid they're being called up there to get cut. Bring your playbooks. And here's the quarterback saying, bring your playbook because we're going to come up with plays for the playbook in my office on the second floor. And, and somebody was quoted as saying, you know, the open door policy that Russ had, that's great, but his open door should have been his locker. And I that quote just hit me in the gut yeah you know it's it's funny i like that quote too but um the thing i guess that was particularly outrageous to me was that i've been in that building because mm-hmm. i got i signed a contract there and the two times i remember going up i'll say it again one time your boy greg robinson the late great R- greg robinson yeah, was my d coordinator r.i.p uh yeah he uh, he screamed and yelled at me because I had the worst half of football. I deserved it. But I remember that, and then I remember going up when Shanahan, uh, who was the head coach at the time, gave me a 75% pay cut. I'm not bitter about it. I never mention that, do I? I bring it up quite a bit. But because it was weird because it was the coach. Yeah. I'm like, why is it the GM doing this? Right. But anyway, 
Yeah, those are the two things. So, like Rich's, you know, sort of revelation there. It's it's interesting to hear that because he's he's right, right? I mean, you, that's management. You don't go. How was the culture in baseball? Like, well, this is the question I got: Is there not one other player on that Denver Broncos team who can call him out and be like, not call him out, but say, dude, this is not normal. The fact that yeah. you have a, a space, you know, a space where you sit and have whatever you have in there, and you can bring. Sure, is there not one player on that Broncos team that could? That's have, a great point. You know, I mean, maybe uh, you, usually in baseball, they okay. You have your superstar, like for me, it was Ichiro, right? Yeah. Or as you know, when King Griffey came back, but you're gonna have someone else, like may not a, a superstar of the same level of stature, Hall of Fame career, but they're still gonna be like, bro, this is not normal, and this is really everyone thinks this is really strange. The fact that. Your open door policy should be in front of your locker. Yeah, yeah, and and you know what? It could be some old lineman who's like on his last leg. That's yeah. like, who the hell do you think you are? I mean, I know you just signed a two hundred fifty million dollar deal, but you know, wh- why would you have? Yeah, somebody. I could think of a few teammates I had that would get on somebody like that, and it's a great, great question there because. That's just so. It's it's not only it's not just football, right? It's I mean, if that happened in baseball, yeah, I, I just think if that was a situation, how bad the Denver Broncos were this season. If you guys let that happen, where you have one player I, I, again, I get I I I I get it's the guy, right? It's Russell Wilson, you know. And you mentioned the 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 money he's making, and everything else. But if you let that happen, and you guys, you know, don't have any success. In the meantime, it's on you guys. So players have to step up and be like, no, no, no. We're not, I'm not going to your office, mate. Like, I'm not doing that. I'll meet you at your locker. Sweeping the dial. Sorry. Yeah, thanks, Mike. I just got the hook. What he said, though, he said, I'll meet you at your locker. That's pretty good. Yeah, that was good. There. All right. So do you remember when DK Metcalf, he had a pretty good performance in the NBA Celebrity All-Star Game, and he got drug tested right after and we were kind of all confused about that. Thought it was a coincidence? Yeah. Well, Damian Lillard scored a career-high 71 last night, and then, much like DK, gets drug-tested right after the game ended. What was your reaction when he got drug-tested? I mean, honestly, I was like, are y'all serious? <laughs> like, I, I did the urine test yesterday, and then they backed it up with the um, the blood draw tonight after the game. That was actually my first time in my career being tested after a game. And then aside from that, they know that I'm scared of needles, so... I know I got a lot of tattoos, but when you're doing a blood draw, it's different than it's different than tattoos. But I was, it, it brought me down from from here to the floor, all the way until it was done. And then once I finished it, I was like, all right, you know, I got that out the way. So I know we don't have a lot of time, but I have lots of questions. They do a blood draw in the NBA? I thought it was urine. Yeah, it's not always sounds like urine? both. According yeah, to what happened there? Yeah, but we score seventy one. That's what. What happens. did they think they were going to find? Aiming fluid. In there, in his blood. I mean, what what could you take that would help you score seventy one points? Number one, number two, it certainly wouldn't be the weed, right? The weed would like throw you off a little bit. So, so you're saying that this is purely not random whatsoever because he put up those numbers. Therefore, drug test. Yeah, it's suspicious. It's it's because very it's suspicious. suspicious. I will say this: very I'm not taking the side of the the drug testers or anything, but you know, look from a from a you know Olympic drug testing to professional sports, usually it's a couple. You know, again, if you're a drug test, I'm sorry, but a couple of dorks walking in, they don't know who you are, and you've given them you've been given the names usually, and they, they don't need to answer questions, but you've been given these names before the well, game. Who gives you the the name? 
Yeah, but usually it happens before the game, and you're just like, okay, you have to get that person before they leave the building. Like, in other words, yeah, yeah. you can take that blood before, usually you don't, or the urine before. You're like, all right, you're, I'm going to have to stick around. I'm going to have to get you after the game. It's, you know. But yeah. if, if it was based on, oh, no, hey, we have to drug test him because he put up those numbers, well, that's kind of, yeah. yeah. I don't think it was based on the fact, like you said, that they, according to Lillard there, they'd already taken the urine test the night before. But just the timing yeah. of that, very ironic that, yes, after a career game, that's what happens, especially because the DK Metcalf thing. Yeah, but totally I think a separated. lot of things happen where guys don't get drug tested yeah. afterwards and we don't pay any attention. And remember, too, that chaperone, the person who comes in, they stay with you until you do whatever is required, right? So, and then they watch. And they watch. They sure do. Sometimes they come to your house when you're living in Arizona in the off season and watch you. <laughs> it's very awkward. It's very awkward. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, to me, I think it's just a, a random coincidence. But anyway, you bring up an interesting point, though. What about the logistics of does the guy leave the office, you know, with his assignment in hand? Hey, we got to get to break. But, Ryan, we loved having you in, man. This has really been fun. fun. And, you know, all that time I thought, yeah, Ryan Roland Smith's ducking me, man. I don't know if he thinks he's too cool Never. for me or uh, he... I don't know. I don't we know have what some epic was. conversations over the phone that obviously we're not going to talk about right now. We're out of time, but yes. we do have some good good chats. But I'm usually <laughs> in here filling in when you're taking your uh, your vacation day, sitting on the uh, what do I say, sitting on the deck chair in the middle of the yeah. lawn, just staring out <laughs> into space. That's yeah. what, by the way, if you don't hear me say that, that's how I, I picture you taking your days off. Oh, don't you forget the button again. But before, oh you yeah, leave, can you get really one more? Come on. There we go. That's a good one. <laughs> I made him bring that thing in. I texted him last night. Make sure you bring it. And then uh, I forgot to even ask him to do it. So we got a couple. One more before we go. There we go. Cheers, mate. There we go. There we go. That Perfect. was a button. Not That's me. a good one to end on right there. All right. Coming up next, uh, Mike, Mike Lefko is going to join the show. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about uh, the Seahawks and uh, some of the stuff that we might expect from the Combine. That's next on Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on 710 and the Seattle Sports app.